episode, we are going to continue in our series on the origin of the New Testament, and our featured artist is Louis Yolen. Well, considering all they've been through, can you really fault their response, Paul? What did you tell them? Love is the only way. And after all you've seen, you still don't believe it. This isn't anything I've seen. My God. This is a world in the grip of evil. This, this, this is Nero's circus. It's, it's, it's passionate hate. Blood washing down in the street. Widows, orphans starving to death. Babies born with the slightest defect or disposed, dispatched, discarded. This world doesn't know a thing about love. So you would give up on the world when Christ did not give up on us? Why not? No. Why not? Love is the only way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sheep Among Wolves. I'm your host, Sam. Today, we will look at the events happening around the time of the writings and take us through the second part of the first century and close us out at the end with the death of the last of the disciples, John. We are going to break this time frame up into two periods. We have the first 20 years where there is a lot going on as far as the historical context and the events happening around 50 to 70. And then we'll finish up with the last 30 years as we transition out of this leadership structure of disciples and core leaders into a church now that is global in its reach with many leaders now that are not part of the disciple group or the original 70. This is where all of the writings of the New Testament are actually written and circulated among the church. And so as we go through each one of these periods, I will highlight which books were written and then circulated amongst the believers at the time. So let's just go ahead and jump right in to this uh, part two of the origin of the New Testament. And we'll pick up our story as the group from Jerusalem is now heading back to Antioch after the council and 50. Peter, Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark make their way back from Jerusalem and travel north up to Antioch. And as we discussed in part one, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark have a falling out, which is around 50. Paul takes Silas, and they first head back to Tarsus, where Paul spent so many years. And then Barnabas and John Mark head west into the island of Cyprus. Now, the tradition is that Barnabas is from the island of Cyprus originally. So this would be his home turf. So Barnabas and John Mark begin to preach until around the period of 53, and then they head back to Antioch, most likely because Peter has called the missionaries back 
so he can have a conference with his missionary groups. So we have Paul and Silas in Tarsus, and they take a little bit of time getting grounded and most likely soliciting funds so that they can now take a missionary trip back through Asia Minor. So Paul and Silas take off from Tarsus and begin to travel through Asia Minor. And as they travel through Asia Minor, this is where they meet Timothy. They meet Timothy and Lystra. And so now Timothy has joined Paul and Silas and they begin to work their way over to Galatia. And this is where Paul wanted to spend a lot of time, which is probably late 50s, maybe early 51. And he begins to preach and teach in Galatia. And during this time, he also meets up with another prominent figure in the biblical story, the physician Luke. So now we have Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke all together in this area or region of Galatia. And then something happens with Paul. Paul has a vision where he sees a man in Macedonia crying out for Paul to come. And so Paul relays this vision to his group and they decide to set sail to Macedonia. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke head over to Macedonia, and they begin to make their way down into Greece. So Paul will make his way through Philippi and then eventually make his way into Corinth, which obviously is a centerpiece in the Roman Empire. So this takes roughly a half a year, maybe nine months, to make his way from Galatia through Macedonia and then down into Corinth, and now we are at late 51. Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke were making their way through Macedonia. They were preaching and teaching and planning churches along the way. So this group of missionaries spent roughly a year and a half in Corinth, establishing a core church until around 53 where Peter now is calling this missionary group back. And so they make their way to Caesarea, then to Jerusalem for a short stayover, and then make their way up to Antioch to meet with Peter. During the second missionary trip is when we have the first of the writings that begin to circulate among the believers. And that is three letters that Paul has written to these young churches in the Asia Minor and then into Macedonia. And so Paul wants to keep contact with these churches. Most likely the first writing that we have is Galatians. And that would make sense since Paul spent much of his first missionary trip and now the beginning of his second missionary trip. And since Paul has been called into Macedonia, he wants to keep contact with this church. He writes the letters to the church in Galatia. And so if we're dating this, it's probably around 51. And then as he's moving through Macedonia, he is setting up churches. And he has a church in Thessalonica. And since Paul was called down into Corinth, 
he now starts writing letters to this young church in Thessalonica. And so that's where we get the letters of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. And those begin to circulate probably around 52. So these are the first of the writings that would later become the New Testament. And that's around 20 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven. At this time in 53, Peter calls back Barnabas and John Mark from Cyprus. So now we have all of the missionaries all conferencing in Antioch at this time. And during this time, there was a group of Jerusalem followers that have made their way up to Antioch as well. And in scholarship, they would call them the Judaites. These are the group of Christians that strictly adhere to the Jewish laws. You have them coming to Antioch, where there are numerous converts that have come from the pagan or Roman world, the Gentiles, and this group refuses to fellowship with them. Needless to say, this creates a conflict within the leadership group in Antioch. Peter, the ultimate diplomat, begins to try to mediate between these two groups. And Barnabas sides with Peter. And Paul feels that Peter and Barnabas are taking the side of this group from Jerusalem and disrespecting the Gentile converts. So Paul rebukes Peter and Barnabas at this time. So now Paul is really upset. There was already a conflict between Barnabas and Paul, so this did not help the situation at all. Paul leaves Antioch really upset with Peter and Barnabas. And really what we have is we have Paul and Peter now at odds with each other. Peter, through this time, tries to reconcile with Paul. Paul tolerated Peter respected Peter as far as his contribution to the new movement, but they really did not have much of a relationship. This is around 53, and Paul is ready to go back out into the field. So Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy set sail and end up in Ephesus. And they spend roughly two to three years in Ephesus. And this becomes their base. So after about two to three years, Paul wants to start retracing his steps and go and visit the churches that have emerged over the last five or so years. And so he starts making his way through Macedonia, back through Thessalonica and Philippi and Corinth works his way slowly through this region of Asia Minor to eventually end up back in Jerusalem around 56. So this is about three years after his meeting with Peter and Barnabas in Antioch. And once in Jerusalem, Paul experiences persecution and ultimately gets imprisoned. And it was most likely during this period while he was imprisoned in Jerusalem 
that Paul writes his letters to the Corinthians. So we're talking a time period of probably 56 to 57, maybe 58. And then around 58 is when Paul requests a transfer to the Roman prison system because he is also a Roman citizen. He can have a Roman trial. And so it's at this time, around 58, that Paul is then transferred over to Rome. And this is where we get the story of Paul being shipwrecked on his way to Rome and then eventually imprisoned in Caesarea. And this is probably where Paul wrote his letters to the Romans. And that would have been while he was in prison between 58 and 60. So the recap on the writings, Paul at this time most likely has written Galatians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and now Romans. So I want to now circle back and look at what has happened with some of the other characters in this story in the last seven years from 53 to 60. And the first one I want to concentrate on is John Mark. Now we know from Acts that John Mark and Barnabas make their way back to Cyprus after this meeting in 53. And around 55 is when Mark writes the Gospel of Mark. And within the next couple years, this Gospel of Mark makes its way up to Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy. And Luke reads Mark, and tradition has it, he thinks that this is rubbish. Not rubbish in the sense of what Mark is saying, just that he says it's not very sophisticated. Remember, Luke was a physician. And so Luke decides to make his own gospel in a more refined and intellectual way. And Luke finishes this gospel around 58. And so now we have two gospels that are published and circulated amongst these followers and these churches. The church in Jerusalem, not to be outdone by these missionary groups, decides that they're going to put their own writing out there. And this is where you have. James, probably between 59 and 60, putting his epistle out to make sure that their beliefs are out there as well. We now have the letters of Paul in two gospels, Mark and Luke, and now we have James putting his writing into the circulation. There is a tradition that the book of Hebrews was written by Barnabas in Cyprus. Now, we don't know the actual author of Hebrews, but there is speculation amongst the scholars that more than likely this is probably writings from Barnabas because of just the nature of how Hebrews is written. Now, to finish up this period, I want to talk about Peter because there's really not a lot about Peter. Most of what we know about Peter is more from the tradition side as opposed to the historic side. What we do know is that Peter did focus attention in Antioch for roughly the first decade or so once he moved out of Jerusalem. 
And then we know that he became the bishop of Antioch and was really the one in charge of all these missionaries that are going out into the regions. At some time, probably in the late 50s, maybe early 60s, Peter decides to pick up and move to Rome. Now, again, this is more of the tradition. And the Catholic Church views Peter as the Bishop of Rome or the first Bishop of Rome. But again, that's from tradition because there's not a lot in historical writings of whether or not Peter actually made his way over to Rome. You would think that Paul, in his writings of First and Second Corinthians and Romans, would mention Peter because these were written around the time that Peter supposedly was in Rome. But there is no mention of Peter at all in Paul's writings. And so as we close out the 50s, you have Paul imprisoned in Caesarea. You have Peter possibly in Rome during this time. And then you have John Mark and Barnabas still in Cyprus. And of course, you have James and probably Matthew and John in Jerusalem. So now we will move into the most tumultuous time of the church to this point. Our featured artist today is Louis Yolan. Louis is an accomplished musician, composer, songwriter, and producer. You can hear his music all over TV commercials and movies. He's been featured in How I Met Your Mother, Dr. Oz, American Pickers, Storage Wars, Pawn Stars, Days of Our Lives, MLB on Fox, NFL on Fox. And when he's not making music, he's teaching music. He's taught at UCLA, DePaul University, Elmhurst College, Pasadena City College, and he's even taught at the Hawthorne Elementary School District. He is a classically trained composer, but don't let that fool you. His music genres include pop, EDM dance, rap, garage rock, country, indie acoustic, classical, and even reality TV. You can find him on the internet at lewisyolan.com. So here's Lou Yolan with his hit, Bonfire Party. Whatever we need to kick back Head down to the creek on where the party's at Hey y'all, hey y'all What do you say y'all? Rise up for the southern sound Drink up this night's burning down Hey y'all, hey y'all What do you say y'all? We're about to get this thing started Light up, it's a bonfire party Light up, it's a bonfire party Feeling those flames leaning way back Ain't playing no games, watch the sparks fly to the night sky Though ain't no match for your eyes You take me higher Yeah, let's get higher Hey, 
Caesarea under house arrest, begins to write letters to the churches that he has planted. It is most likely during this time between 60 and 62 and 63, Paul is writing his letters to the churches of Macedonia and Asia Minor, most likely Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon was circulated among the churches in that area. It is rumored that Paul took a fourth missionary trip to travel back through all of these regions to visit his churches, but there's not a lot of historical evidence to support that, and it's most likely that he stayed in the Rome area during this time and up to the time of his death. Now, Peter is either in Antioch around 60 or over in Rome. Now, what is happening in Jerusalem is that the Jewish community and the Roman Empire are starting to scuffle. There is a large segment of the Jewish community that does not like the fact that the Roman Empire has come into their region and is controlling what is going on. And so you have the beginnings of a conflict that will culminate 10 years later. So all of this is happening around 60. So the Jerusalem church still is under heavy persecution by the Jewish leaders. And we have around 62, James, the leader of the Jerusalem church, now being martyred in Jerusalem. Needless to say, this sends turmoil into the church in Jerusalem. Now, Luke continues to write and document in detail all of the historical accounts of this young movement. And he finishes this around 63 or 64. So now we have Acts published and circulated, and we have three other epistles that are written around the time prior to 65, and that would be Paul's Titus and 1st and 2nd Timothy. And these are actually written to leaders or pastors of the churches. This is not actually written to the community like some of the other epistles that Paul has written earlier. Now, 1st and 2nd Timothy would be the last writings that are circulated amongst the church because what happens in around 65 is that Paul was killed in Rome, most likely during the uprising and the fires that were happening. 
Now, this is also the time that Peter is rumored to be killed in this area as well. And as we know from tradition, Peter was crucified, but chose not to be crucified face up, but decided to be crucified face down because he did not want to be any better than his savior, Jesus. So at the close of 65, we have Paul and Peter both dying in Rome. And shortly after this, the two books of Peter, 1st and 2nd Peter, begin to circulate. In addition, we also know that Jude, who is in Beirut at this time, was martyred and killed around 64. So during this three-year period, between 62 and 65, we have James, Jude, Peter, and Paul all being killed. Also at this time, from a historical standpoint, the escalation of the Roman Empire against the Jewish community has reached a boiling point. Literally, Jerusalem is starting to become on fire as riots and uprisings are happening around 66. And so now you got the two bases of Jerusalem and Rome that are in complete turmoil right now. And you have a new leader arising in the Roman Empire, Titus who does not like the Jews, and he is determined to squash them and put them in their place or destroy them completely. We have Barnabas that is coming under heavy persecution in Cyprus, most likely during this period, is martyred as well. Now, John Mark, fearing for his life, decides to leave Cyprus and he heads to Ephesus. And this all leads up to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in around 70. So now you have the church in Jerusalem prior to the destruction starting to scatter because it is just too much to be in Jerusalem at this time. We have John leaving Jerusalem prior to the destruction and heading to Ephesus. And we have Matthew leaving And we don't know exactly where Matthew first heads, but we do know that Matthew eventually makes his way down into Ethiopia. And while in Ethiopia, this is where he most likely wrote and then circulated his gospel. And if you notice the gospel of Matthew, it is very oriented toward Jewish converts. And that is not surprising since Ethiopia at the time had a high amount of Jewish people that had fled from the Jerusalem or Israel area. And so as we conclude this decade, we have a church that is in complete turmoil. It's two bases of operation at this time. Jerusalem and Rome have been abandoned and evacuated. And we now have a shift in the headquarters to Ephesus. As we see, John Mark has fled to Ephesus. John has fled to Ephesus. More than likely, we have Timothy and Luke that are up in this area. And so now the base of operation shifts into Ephesus at the end of the 60s, around 70. Our time period is around 70, 
And at this time, the major leaders of the church have either been martyred or killed. So we no longer have Peter, James, and Paul. But in addition to that, we don't have Barnabas and Jude. And if we remember from our earlier discussion, Jude was mostly stationed in Beirut during most of his time of ministry. And the one letter that is attributed to him in the New Testament is the letter of Jude. Now, most likely this particular letter was not published until years after Jude's death. Many scholars date it to around 75 to 80. So then at this point, we really have most of what would later be canonized as the New Testament writings or scripture. From an historical standpoint, there's not a lot that we know between the periods of 70 and 90. So there's a 20-year period here where we have leaders that are arising in the church that are not original leaders, and we have pastors and missionaries that are going out and the movement was primarily based in Ephesus, that this is the area of concentration during these 20 years. What we do know from the records is that the new leader of the church that arose at this time was John. John became the de facto leader after James, Paul, Peter, uh, Barnabas, Jude, After all of them were martyred or killed, John stepped up as the leader of the church, and he was in Ephesus. Now, most likely, he partnered with Timothy and Luke, but John became the real spiritual leader of the church, most likely because he was one of the last remaining disciples of Jesus who was actually with him during his ministry. To wrap your mind around the geographical location of this new movement between the age of 70 and 90, it would be in Ephesus, and in the south it was Ethiopia, so northern Africa. Obviously, they still had a core group of Christians in the Judea area, but it was a very tumultuous time, and they really weren't part of the leadership group. Now, John stirring up this movement in the Ephesus area brought ire on to him from the Roman Empire. And we're not quite sure when John actually was imprisoned, but it was most likely probably in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. But we do know from the writings and the historical evidence that once John was imprisoned, He spent most of the rest of his life in prison and ultimately was shipped off to Patmos, which is an island that the Romans would take their prisoners, much like Alcatraz in the United States. Now, it's during this time that John began to write. So John decided to write a gospel, but in his gospel, he concentrated more on theology than he did on historical facts timelines, and events. You see, John was a pastor and had a pastoral spirit in him. John wanted to make sure that the theology was going to get circulated. And so John published the Gospel of John, and this began to circulate among the church. John continued to write, 
and wanted to keep the communication open to the church in Ephesus as the leader. And he wanted to make sure that the church stayed focused in not only their view on theology, but then also just as a core foundation. And he was concerned that the church, now that he was imprisoned, would stray. And this is where we get the publication of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And if you read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, it really does concentrate more on theological issues. And so one can assume that John's concern was that the church was following sound theological principles. And then as we get to the end of John's life, this is where we get the publication of Revelation. And this happened just prior to John's passing. So we're looking at a time frame of probably 98 to 100. Now, curious fact, the book of Revelation by John was the last of the books to be canonized because there is a lot of esoteric and symbolism that is going on in the book of Revelation. They really struggled with the fact of should this be included? So as we recap, What is going on in this 50-year period from 50 to 100, which is the period of the writings? We have a young church transitioning from strong, charismatic leaders to a leadership group that is centered around pastors and missionaries. So there arose a need for writings to be published by these leaders so that it can be circulated not only in the churches in Judea, but then also globally into these new regions where the church is in these areas that could be influenced by other religions or even by the culture or the Roman culture. And so there was a flurry of writings that happened from 50 to 70. Much of what we would call the New Testament was written during this time. As we close out the first century, of this young movement, we have a movement that started with roughly 500 people and has now grown to a global network that is reaching as far north as Europe, as far west as Spain, as far east as India, and as far south as Ethiopia or northern Africa. This church now has moved its base of operations out of the Judea area and now is in Ephesus and in Ethiopia. So now we are going to move into part three, four, and five of our series, which will take us through the next couple hundred years. What begins to happen is a rise of not only other books that begin to circulate, but then also charismatic leaders and a church organizational structure that is beginning to formalize into a very powerful force in this Roman Empire. What we will see is a conflict between the more established and organizational leaders and leaders that are arising from these movements and these charismatic leaders that are arising out of these movements with many followers. And so in part three, what I want to do is concentrate on these other writings that are being written and circulated amongst the church. 
And in part four, I want us to concentrate on the rise of other ideological understandings and theologies. And that will really give us a base on what I will discuss in part five, which will be the rise of this group that felt it was their calling to defend the Christian movement, not only in its theology, but also to preserve its historical significance during this time. And that will now give us a good foundation for what we will discuss in our sixth part of the series, which will be the councils. So I hope you join me in part three, where we will talk about the other writings that begin to circulate during this time period. Hey, come on, feel the sunshine.